Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Tap Calf Transmissions. My name is Justin, joined as always by my very special co-host, Corey Loses from Corey Loses and Corey's Datapad. And today we will be discussing book three of the Darth Bane trilogy, Dynasty of Evil, or I think I heard Corey calling it Dynasty of Evil. I'm going to alternate between both so that uh, everyone will get mad at me in the comments. That's You're just such a fence what I do. Yeah. Yeah, we are we are fence sitters. That's uh, we're mm. both the only Star Wars podcasts, and mm -hmm. like we elevate ourselves above other Star Wars podcasts by sitting on that fence. Mm -hmm. That's what brings us like five or six feet above the other ones that don't exist, because we're the only Speaking one. Speaking of uh, Star Wars podcasts, I had the little podcast gremlins reach out to me in a fever dream last night, and they said that I should remind you guys if you're listening on an audio platform like itunes or i guess the, the apple podcast store make sure you guys rate this podcast five stars and leave the best most epic review you can and maybe i will read one at the end of next stream if someone's read a good one because right why now, don't we read the bad one at the end of this stream <laughs> yes we'll read the one current We've gotten lots of reviews. I think we've gotten like 60 yeah. or 70 so I don't, reviews. Yeah, because we were talking about podcast stuff off stream. We actually, mm -hmm. we're friends outside of the podcast, which well, is going to be a surprise to some listeners. Okay, yeah. we, we pretend we're friends on the podcast. We have to, okay, okay. Sorry, sorry, but, sorry. Uh, so we were talking about uh, stuff like being more reliable with how we post the episodes and how we schedule the episodes. And we were going through different podcast uh, distributors, uh, mm -hmm wholesalers of podcasts if you will and looking at like reviews and everything and there's the one site yeah. that has a bunch of reviews it's claiming for are from itunes mm -hmm. but if you go on the actual itunes or apple podcast store it says there's just one and yeah. it's the one we're going to read at the end of the episode we'll read it at the end of the episode it's pretty epic um yeah also we were also we were talking about a few other things um one is you mentioned that there's a few other podcast platforms we can try to get onto. Yeah, some I think um, we're Amazon. already technically on, but mm -hmm. Podbean had the option to add it to these other ones that it says we're not on. So mm -hmm. I think there's some other ones we're going to be trying to get onto. Basically, if there's one that you're aware of that you've tried to find us on that we're not on, let us know. And yeah. as long as it's free or reasonable, we will try to get on it. Yeah, um, I, I, we're on most of the big ones right now, but there's still a few, couple more niche ones um, that we might try to get on. Other than that, what else? What else do we talk about? Um, we well, we did decide next more... week is uh, we're going to be starting the Callista trilogy. Yeah. So, Children um, of the Jedi is next. Uh, we and... also talked maybe about redoing some of our titles, which might not interest you guys too much. But uh, I looked at my personal source of strength and inspiration, the uh, the Oprah Book Club. I thought and... you looked at the podcast Gremlins that came to you in a dream. Well, the podcast, the podcast Gremlins in in a fever dream. A oh, fever dream. sorry, sorry. In a fever dream, the podcast Gremlins presented the Oprah Book Club before me, as they do uh, many nights. So I looked at that, and I looked at some other. I didn't know the uh, Mennonites were that interested in podcasts. Mennonites. <laughs> <Nice. laughs> okay, you should. That's cursed knowledge that you're discussing pretty openly there, Corey. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so yeah, we like we're YouTubers, kind of learning how to do a podcast. But I think we both really enjoy doing it. Uh, it takes up a lot of our time compared to like what portion of our actual, yeah, and what portion of like an actual job this is. 
compared to like everything else we do. This takes a lot of time, so if we're gonna do it, we might as well do it right. So I was also saying that I would probably like to uh, maybe get some some graphics, like a, a proper logo for the podcast, maybe a, a jingle at the beginning. So if you guys um, don't send jingle. me a little intro song, don't send me work that you guys have done specifically for the podcast, but if you guys do that, do that sort of stuff, if you make logos or if you make music, feel free to email us at TapCaf Transmissions. No guarantees will go with you. Um, but you know, also don't do us free work because that's, yeah, don't want to take advantage of you fine people. It's not epic. If you want to go to Galaxy's Edge, but can't afford admission, instead you can <laughs> listen to a tap calf transmission. There, there you go. Did you just make that up on the spot? I was thinking about it for a solid 15 seconds hey, before I said it. Where'd you find this? Okay. Apparently now we've got a soundboard. Are we a low budget? am or fm radio that actually wasn't a soundboard that was me changing my voice and doing that okay i can Mm. also do a robot if you want like this we've been having lots of fun with it it was different (laughs) enough that you did sound like a sound effect from like tie fighter or something (laughs) i don't do do people think you use a voice changer because i've gotten some comments of like x should do a video without using his voice changers like no this is this is what you sound like. Is that a thing Wait, people, there think, people or is that... think? that I think I'm not sure if it's a joke. I didn't know if it was something that huh. like you said I in a video made somewhere. A joke that like they think we're the same person. Mm-hmm. I um, guess. But anyway. But yeah. So that's that's what we want the podcast to get better. Is what yeah. we're saying. Like it's X already, coming from a background. It's already the only Star Wars podcast, so I don't know why we're doing it, but we yeah. might as well. Um, we might as well be better. Yeah. On another note. Um, we just had before we get into the book um we had a, some pretty big star wars stuff this week we had um a new sort of short cg animation for star wars squadrons mm-hmm. and we had a teaser for season 2 of the mandalorian and we, we were kind of thinking about doing a season 2 like a full podcast episode but i guess it's it's fine just to discuss it here right yeah, like there wasn't a huge amount that was seen in the trailer, so maybe if you want to just give quick mm-hmm. thoughts on that. And then once the season actually starts, we'll definitely have at least one full episode on it. Uh, I mean, we could, yeah, we could do like, I, I'd be fine with doing, you know, three or four episodes, like maybe every, every couple other episodes. Episode, every, maybe, yeah. 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 Um, that way we still kind of keep to the original book schedule, but, you know, yeah, for something different as well. Um. Yeah, well, my thoughts on the trailer, it was really... It, it, there wasn't much in there. My favorite thing was definitely the uh, that shot that looked like it might have been Mon Cala. Or just at least, it's, it was at least a dock somewhere. And there's like a bunch of Quarren, and they're just dressed like human fishermen, and I really got a kick out of that. Like, there's one yeah. in like a beanie, and it was one of the greatest things I've seen in a minute. It's basically... Uh... Shit, did I really forget the name of the guy from Pirates of the Caribbean? Jack Sparrow? No, the Squid Face one. Oh, um, Davy Jones. It's Davy Jones, yeah, yeah. So it, it's just a bunch of Davy Joneses now because they're all dressed like him. Hmm. Yeah. No, I, I I like it. It's cool. Um, but you, do you think that's Moncala, or is it just is it just any water world? I I think it's. I really hope it's Moncala, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if it's just like. Oh, this is 
other world that's nearby and there's a bunch of corn on it. It's like, okay, well, mm-hmm. I'd I feel slightly let down by that. Just let us actually go to Moncala. Because we yeah. don't really, for as, por- as important as it is, even within like the scope of the movies, because the Mon Calamari mm-hmm. gave the rebels all the ships in episode yeah. six, yeah. Uh, it we've never really had a major portrayal of it. Like, Except Clone Wars, right? Yeah, but yeah, I, like, even, like even an that's still movie. Yeah, yeah, there's never been any sort of direct visitation of it like that. So, so one thing that I saw pointed out by somebody was that. Before the Mandalorian was, you know, when he gives Baby Yoda up and he's about to go do another mission, and he gets like the the mission to it's to track down a um, Mon Calamari. Um, I, I don't remember his name, and he says basically something about the water world of. I can't remember the name. People are speculating maybe that mm. is where. Uh, maybe yeah, that's where he's going. It was it all Quarren, so yeah. Well, there were a couple Mon Mon Cala as well. Mon Calamari yeah, but as it. Well, but. That that would be like the main thing that kind of mm-hmm. would imply to me that it might not be, but mm-hmm. it's yeah. I'm gonna be sad either way. I wouldn't mind if uh, maybe the uh, maybe the Moncala and the Quorn have come together after the Galactic Civil War to like try to colonize some other planets or something. Hmm. Um, well, I think that's already established that that's a thing that they've both done mm-hmm. uh, in both Legends and Canon. So yeah, they just I sure. guess happen to go to a bunch of other. What you have so general thoughts on the trailer though, besides for that one specific thing? I mean, it was it was good. I I try not to like I'm bad at my job because I don't put too much stock into trailers. Mm -hmm. And I I generally try to avoid them for the most part. Mm -hmm. But that ends up meaning I don't have enough spicy takes to support myself and my family. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I'll say is, and this is kind of what I did my breakdown around, is something Glitz said in the comments. I know we don't usually read comments for the podcast itself, but he said, I doubt we're going to get an episode set of Mon Cala too expensive. Well, that's kind of the great thing with The Mandalorian. They've got the new volume. They can kind of yeah. just create a set anywhere. Um, so the main thing I'm hoping to see with this season is like the way they use the volume expand, because there are some crazy, like they do interiors and exteriors. And I watched a really cool video from ILM the other day about how they can actually like in real time add a mountain or a giant ridge behind you know this yeah. like because it's all it's basically like a really impressive video game and it gives off lighting it's, it seems to be a bit nicer for the actors to work in um so mon Cal, you could do mon Cal, you could do coruscant you could do mustafar really anywhere um but what i want to see is kind of them take it to the next level like if you watch season one, it seems like they kind of limit themselves, like in the type of shots they do, for example, based on like how the volume works. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully that's something they can continue to improve on. Otherwise, that's I just want more of season one, to be honest. It was. Yeah. Like my biggest fear with it is kind of that they're going to go too much into the direction of like mm-hmm. major cameos from other characters. Yes. Uh, but there wasn't like they wouldn't give any of that away in a trailer. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless they were really desperate for publicity, which they're not. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, the other thing, obviously, was the Star Wars Squadron CG short. We didn't do a live stream of that, so do you want to... You didn't do a video either, so do you want to give your brief thoughts? I, I did a video, but I didn't post it because I decided after the fact that my thoughts were pointless uh, mm. at the time. But Patreon video. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Sorry. Yeah, that was 
that was also cool. Like, I think the big question that that kind of brought up was whether there's going to be, as far as the actual game goes, whether there'd be any missions that are mm-hmm. set in atmosphere. Because uh, mm-hmm. you have the chase down the canyons. And, like, because of the budget of the game, or, like, the price of the game mm-hmm. kind of implies what the budget was, I feel like they're not going to have that, but I... Yeah. I I think that would be cool. There is um, there is one level that we got to play when we tried the game where it's set over Yavin Prime, so, like, the gas giant. And although you can't go down to the planet's surface, because, I mean, it's a gas giant, you'd be destroyed... The level is sort of more open, so one way you can get through or hide is to drop down into atmosphere for a few minutes, and it kind of um, it kind it does do damage to your ship. Nobody realized that when we played, so I never tried it out. But mm-hmm. um, so maybe there'll be something like that. I you're right. I doubt it'll be anywhere like that. But um, yeah, cool trailer. The final thing that I'll mention before we begin is I just got a very blessed tweet. From Jamie Clarky Cat, who said, You aren't a real Star Wars fan unless you acknowledge the Akbar, that Akbar and Winter smashed. I'll say it again for people in the back. You aren't a real Star Wars fan unless you acknowledge that Akbar and Winter smashed. So it's true. Maybe we'll get a bit of that in the Cluster trilogy. Um, I don't know if Winter's in it. Akbar definitely is. Uh, well, if Akbar's in it, then Winter is at most just off screen having. And if Winter's Just in it, then Akbar is definitely in it, if you know what I mean. If but, uh, <laughs> Let's continue with the topic of this podcast. Um, Bane 3. Don't worry. Like, Just to clarify for everyone who's watching the video version of this, uh, it may look like I'm being unprofessional in drinking, but I assure you there is alcohol in this drink. So <laughs> oh, yeah, it's on, all good. Yeah. Um. But yeah, we are reading Darth Bane, Dynasty of Dynasty of Evil. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess we kind of skipped the full plot rundown for the last few books, but uh, this is basically it's the final book in the Darth Bane trilogy. Bane Pretty has trained up Xana. Uh, mm-hmm. There's kind of an arc for Bane, an arc for Xana, and then an arc for Sarah, who is the daughter of Caleb. Um, but Bane is kind of worried that his protege Xana is uh too scared to challenge mm-hmm. him so bane is starting to look miscommunication yeah like if they just this is a big problem with the sith is that they don't talk enough <laughs> uh so bane is like well if xana doesn't kill me then i need to live longer so i can find someone else to kill me mm-hmm. and xana's thinking 10 years yeah this yeah. is 10 years after he's getting old two. he's mm-hmm. getting crispy from the dark side i think he's like 45 yeah uh but him using super powered Force lightning on himself to get the orb. Uh, well, he was trying to kill the rest of the Jedi, but he, in mm-hmm. effect, got the armor off of himself. Classic gamer uh, move. Yep. <laughs> uh, so he's looking for a new apprentice, but Zan is thinking like, oh, the rules weren't clearly communicated to me, so I thought I needed to have an apprentice lined up before I challenged you. Mm-hmm. And this never really gets figured out between the two of them. Yeah, they don't really talk. Like, he thinks that she's... Because he's he thinks that he's got, like five to ten years left maybe of like being a sith lord because like he's he's failing uh like he's frail he's dying it's not epic if you've Um, ever played kotor he's looking like he's like maxed out uh evil or like mass effect renegade yeah so and and he doesn't have his orbalisk armor anymore which maybe that would have been a solution but anyway so his idea he thinks that she's just trying to wait until he naturally dies whereas xana is kind of of two minds at the beginning, at least. She thinks, on one hand, maybe he's um, 
like trying to lure her into a false sense of security. And then she also thinks, well, maybe she shouldn't attack him when he's at his weakest. Um, but of course, that obviously changes towards the end of the book. Yeah. So a lot of this, like the whole book is really about the, like, like it says, it's, it's the about his dynasty and his legacy. So it's like both, I guess really both characters kind of want the same thing. They want the rule of two to be followed in absolute, which means that uh, the most powerful have to survive. Yeah, so Xana goes looking for uh, her own apprentice. She comes up with this kind of millionaire playboy, former Jedi set hearth who's mm-hmm. living his party lifestyle. Uh, he's not really super into the idea, but then she kind of beats him into going along with it for a bit. Mm-hmm. But uh, part of Sarah's storyline is that she's hired uh, a a bounty, or not a bounty hunter, really. She, Huntress, a Huntress, who rejects the title of bounty hunter and thinks bounty hunters are lame. Uh, mm-hmm. So she's like a Force-sensitive who had been formerly initially hired by her bodyguard, Mm -hmm. Lucia, who had worked for Bane and the Gloomwalkers in book one to hunt down Bane for killing her master. (laughs) And then this turns out to be uh, Darth Cognus, swears herself to Bane and ends up in, after the final battle between Bane and Xana, just saying, I'll I'll work for whichever of you is alive after this. They're all very respectful of the process. They never clear up whether <laughs> you have to find your own uh, mm-hmm. your own apprentice before killing your master. That would I feel like that's a point of order that really would have been worth clearing up because it almost ruined yeah. the whole system. And I mean, this is this is a book that kind of is a really small universe, sort of because we've got Lucia or Lucha, um, you know, Bane's former um, one of the soldiers serving under him in the Gloomwalkers. She ends up uh, meeting with Sarah, who is the daughter of uh, Kaleeb, uh, or Caleb. Caleb. The the audiobook calls it Kaleeb, so. Audiobook's wrong, so. Uh, okay, fair enough. Uh, I, I would love if, if the Star Wars family was just named Caleb and Sarah, but uh, although that's not her uh, her given name at birth. Um, they team up, and then, so that, that already is quite a, quite an interesting connection between, like, Two people that Darth Bane is was at least has touched their lives very kind of very closely, and Sarah obviously still kind of fears Darth Bane, especially when she realizes that because in book one, um, Bane goes to her father who heals him, um, and then later he sends her away because he doesn't want Bane to hold her over his head again. Um, and so she's been kind of scared of him ever since. But then we find out that the father's been killed. She assumes that it was Bane who did so. We see the events of that in book two. Um, so a lot of her story is kind of um, trying to capture and kill him. And of course, she ends up using, uh, she ends up contacting the, not a bounty hunter. I guess she's an assassin. The assassin who will eventually become yeah Bane and... Bane's apprentice. So it's a, it's quite a small universe here. A paid assassin who goes after targets. Uh, not a bounty hunter. Absolutely yeah. not a bounty hunter. Yeah, and she's very she like, takes offended. private contracts. Not she doesn't hunt for bounties. Mm-hmm. She has to be specifically hired. And that's it. Mm-hmm. And of course, thrown in with this, we've got Bane once again. 
in every book so far, is this his fourth holocron he's found, or his third? Uh, there was Revan's, Revan, Darzu, and Dedu, and Dedu. yeah, there's is at there least those one? three. Yeah. No, so there, I think there might have been another one in the first book. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to. I thought there was. Another I feel one like there was well. another one when he was dealing with Revan's, mm-hmm. but. Uh, yeah, because he was obsessed last time with making his own holocron, and he's kind of got mm-hmm. that nailed now. Yeah. Uh, his arm, he can't really use one of them. Uh, mm-hmm. Very jittery. Yeah. Uh, and this becomes important. Very important. I don't yes. know if we want to just... Or not, actually, but it, let's yeah, save it. Not. Let's save it for the end. Uh, <laughs> well, I think the, the thing we need to do first is clearly we need to rank, each of us needs to rank Bane, Xana, and Cognus. So, rank how? Like, who's just better? Um, oh, that's a good question. I mean, so spoiler alert: Xana either does or doesn't defeat Bane in battle. Um, does can canonically she does. Um, so I mean, in power, I think Bane in his prime probably wins with um, the armor. He just fucking yeah. annihilates Xana. <laughs> Because yeah, Xana, so th- Xana tried to attack him when he didn't have a lightsaber, but she mm-hmm. was also not using her uh, yeah. Sith sorceriness, which she's That's, that's the thing. At. It's like Bane's clearly the most powerful one-on-one fighter. So Bane can kill Cognus. Maybe Cognus can kill Xana, and Xana can kill Bane. Like, they each have different skills. Like, Xana's got this very rare gift that we see a bit in book two, um, where she can kind of... I, I don't know what the specific force power name is, even though I did a video on it. Basically, she, she mind fucks people. So um, Bane Bane's the fire type, Xana's the water type, and Cognus is the psychic type. Xana's fight... Or Xana would be psychic, and that's Zana super would be effective psychic. against Bane, mm-hmm. who's a fighting type. Okay. And then I don't know enough about Pokemon to find the third one that works out there. <laughs> Yeah, trying to make a new uh, holy trinity of types is it's a whole different mm-hmm. podcast. But uh yeah. I, mean, I mean, I just I... like I think Cognus is clearly the second best of all of them in all dimensions. Okay. Bane is okay. the worst. He's just always getting captured. I've never seen anyone get captured mm, while trying to avoid getting captured as much as Bane does. You're not wrong. He just always happens. Uh and Xana, I think Xana is the best of the three. Okay. Cognus is too like single-minded. I'm just gonna hunt things. Mm-hmm. Like, eh. But Xana seems to get like the the fighty bits, the blending in with society bits. She's the of the three. I think she's the best suited for what the Sith are trying to do right now, which is mm-hmm. like blend in, manipulate things. And but you're also you gotta consider that Bane created the entire rule of two that all that's based off of, right? Yeah, so but he wasn't he very some... good at it. Yeah, I suppose. I mean. He does get a sweet office in this book, which I really appreciated as somebody with a less cool office. Um, well, I mine's better than either. Y- so, you think you you don't think Bane's got a better gamer chair than you? Well, his maybe his gamer room? chair is better, but my the rest of the office is nicer. Mm. Okay, yeah, because he's kind of got his library and his office in two different places. You've got it all there. Yeah, well, he probably has more overall square footage, but I've made better use of the space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, and he probably pays a lot more in rent, which I think he owns. I think he probably owns. Well, he's still got to pay like property taxes and stuff. And on Kudrick for a mansion, like 
even at this time, I feel like that's going to be a, a pretty penny, especially when you've got a valet service at the spaceport, basically. Mm -hmm. And yeah. So Bane ends up, of course, recovering uh, Ndedu, or as the audiobook, every Star Wars audiobook calls him Undedu, which is just a little bit too on it's the actually, It's actually a dead dude, and it just gets mistranslated. <laughs> uh, which is why it's pretty ironic. Like, Bane's always looking for these holocrons of the Sith Lords, and then uh, I forget where he was exactly. Mm -hmm. uh, on Ambria, I think, yeah. So he noticed a freshly dug grave a few meters off to one side, but he didn't give it a second glance. The dead mm -hmm. were of no consequence to him. That is your entire life is chasing yeah, dead true. Sith Lords. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. <laughs> I don't care about these dead people. I only care about the other dead people. Yeah, I mean, Bane's just like, he's just so dumb. <laughs> like, he's the, he's the dumbest smart guy ever. <laughs> But, like, I do really kind of enjoy the beginning of this book where I, I kind of said to you, it's almost like Plagueis Light mm -hmm. because it's like it's showing how the Sith kind of have their tentacles in like the ordinary affairs yeah, of beings. Don't, don't say it like that. I'm going to say it like Was there that. a Corrin Sith? Do we know of any? Mm -hmm. Was there one in a Crate Sith? Corrin Sith. Yes. Darth Malival. Was that in the one Sith? Yeah. I'm kind of sad that I know that. But also kind of sad also that I didn't. Darth Azard. Darth Isard? I mean, we'll go with that. Speaking of Isard, isn't um, Sutric? Yes. In... The Cutric yeah. Hegemony is what they're yeah. in yeah. Uh, for Isard Revenge. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Nice little, uh, nice little connection. Which is actually pretty far out the un in the, not the unknown regions in the outer rim. Mm -hmm. So, or does it count as mid rim? Either way, it's, it's kind of far out for the outer rim. such a pretty populated and important planet for the time. Like being that well, far. Well, they out. do. I think they do a good job explaining it, where it's like, yeah, it's out in the outer rim, but it's a nexus of trade routes yeah. or whatever. Like, because like you have like all the Sith space, which is kind of up there near it. Mm -hmm. but, it's a good place yeah. for some Sith Lords to go and set up a yeah, great very inconspicuous giant mansion where everyone knows them, thinks they're brother and sister, but had Sarah or anyone who'd ever come across either of them ever noticed them. It was like, hey, those are the guys with the lightsabers. <laughs> the one flaw in their plan was that they knew there were people that recognized them who then started talking to the Jedi. like, it doesn't well, sound like Earth Bane. There's also the fact that uh, in all the artwork we see of Bane and Xana, they always have those eye markings. Mm. They're never mentioned in any of the books, but I just imagine them like, like Darth Bane's like, now without my obelisk armor, I can interact freely among societies, like dropping his kid off at school with just like full eye triangles going. <laughs> Xana, I command you to get these sick tats. <laughs> I, I, I really don't like those, though, so I'm just going to gonna guess that they're uh i'm just gonna in my head picture them without that you, you think they're always talking about like okay darth bane's main uh things are that he's tall he's large and he's got a bald head but like not the eye tats tall so, large angry and bald yeah yeah so With, who um, who plays these people in a movie then um it's gotta be vin diesel <laughs> 
I, I can see Vin tall. Diesel for well, just because it would be hilarious. What if like can 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 the Rock be angry enough to be Bane? Um, or the guy you've seen Breaking Bad, right? Yeah. Uh, Hank. Hank, like the police officer. Yeah, a little too short, but I feel like some forced perspective. Tom Hardy, oh, Bane. Mm-hmm. I, I yeah, I'm I thinking of you know what you know who I think of when I think of tall, bald, and jacked. Who? Mister Clean. You know he's not real, right? <laughs> so okay, let's just go with it. We got Mister Clean playing Bane. Let's get uh, Janelle from Big Brother to play Xana. <laughs> and... Actually, I actually really like that for like Xana in this book when she's like 30. Yeah, 35 I think she is. And Janelle is like just just under 40 or just pushing 40. So I feel like, like that, that would work. Uh, maybe get like Brittany Haynes to play her in Rule of Two or something. Uh, and then Cognis, I mean, doesn't really matter. Cognis is uh not human so actually um mgf customs in the chat said mark strong is being that's a pretty good call iktachi mark strong i don't know who that is he was in like uh what was he in recently um oh okay uh yeah like i think he was in kingsman lord henry blackwood i'm i don't know he looks a bit too Like a bit too narrow, he's not mm-hmm. broad enough to be, to be Bane. Yeah. Well, you can, you know, there's some time. It's gonna be a Star Wars movie. They can pay him to work out for a few months. I don't know if you can make his face broader though. Well, George made Carrie Fisher's face skinnier. At least he tried to. So, I could see him as like a, maybe Plagueis or something. Hmm. That's actually not not a bad, not a bad call. How come like, no one said uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin yet? So we got a. If we go with Steve Austin, we've got a wrestler, we've got a Big Brother player, an actual actor. Uh, let's get Ian McDiarmid could play Palpatine, I think. Um, mm. Not anymore, if mm-hmm. we're talking like Darth Sidious era. What about what about Bautista? Or, David Tista, yeah. I, eh. I don't Did know if he can look mean like, enough. Um, in what? Like can he look mean Bautista, enough? Like yeah, he's huge. He's huge, but is does he look mean enough? Can he look mean enough? I think so. All right. Did you see him in? Um... We're risking this whole production on your your confidence Did that you David Tista can look. Did you mean see enough, him but... in the? Um... Uh, what's it called? Um, what movie was he in recently? Oh, Blade Runner. Do you see him in Blade Runner? No. He looked, he looked pretty mean. Like he was angry. He was a replicant. Okay. Replicant. Okay. He didn't want to be caught. Um, yeah. That's fine. I think, I think Dave Bautista would be my choice. Um, and he's actually a good actor too. Uh, if you if you watch that movie, at least he he could play. He could do it. I believe it. Yeah. Let me know what so... you guys think. Send us emails. Let me know what you think. So how often do you think it happens that uh, 
both Sith Lords end up fighting at the height of their abilities. Just thinking about this. Where the Apprentice has just become the stronger one, learned everything they can, even mm -hmm. though the book very clearly talks about how, like, they both had different strengths. Maybe Xana's mm -hmm. overall power level had passed Bane's, but they had very yeah, clear I mean, I don't know, maybe different abilities. Together, yeah. yeah, maybe some sort of cooperation would have been nice. Because, uh, like, yeah, Cognus is being tagged in, but Cognus doesn't have Bane's abilities either. They're all kind yeah. of bringing something new to the table. And, but, like, I'm not convinced. You need, yeah, sorry. you need the whole line to not be chicken shit and just wait until they're slightly weaker. Uh, and then, like, yeah, what if Bane wins? What if Xan is dead? Mm -hmm. Like, all that time's out the window. Bane can't, even yeah. with, uh, maybe he figures out Essence Transfer fast enough and last yeah. long enough and then train someone else. But it's like, you're... I'm not convinced that any of them have more, like, pure potential than uh, than Bane or Xana had, is the thing. Like, like I'm not convinced that... Because Bane is like... Like, they almost think he's like the Sithari. So, like, I'm not convinced that just because he teaches somebody and everyone's learning something after him that it's going to produce a naturally stronger line of Sith, you know what I yeah. mean? Um, yeah, like, let's... Let's look at who we got in the end of the line. We got Tenebris, Plagueis, Sidious, mm -hmm. and uh, Vader. Palpatine, ultimately. Oh, yeah, sorry, Sidious. Yeah. That's Sidious. Yeah. Come on, get it together. And uh, none of them, like, Palpatine wasn't strong because of the rule of two. He was strong just because he was, like, you know, like, it's like it's like when a hockey player, they call, they call them, like, a generational talent. Like, mm -hmm. you're Sidney Crosby or, like, you're Nathan McKinnon or whatever. It's just, like, he's just a generational talent. He wasn't good, like, it's, you know what I mean? Like, I might be willing to call, let's say, the trio of uh, Vader, Sidious, and Plagueis better than the trio of Cognus, Bane, and Xana. Mm -hmm. uh, but I agree. I'm also kind of saying, like, Vader's kind of pulling that down. Vader, after he loses all of his limbs, is less epic. Still kind of epic, mm -hmm. but... I don't know. I don't know that Vader's bringing anything to the table that's, especially as the Sithari. But I guess Vader's kind of like Sidious a gimped Bane. <laughs> yeah, like if you have, uh, let's say, Vader up against Bane, maybe they're mm -hmm. matching off against each other. Xana against Sidious. I don't think anyone can beat Sidious personally. Mm. I think Sidious is unbeatable. Well, he's got the essence transfer thing down to a science. Yeah. Uh, well, sort of, because a lot of his bodies just wrinkle up and die. But not epic. Yeah, he just kind of throws him away after a while. But yeah. I don't know. I'm if we're just talking like a straight out brawl. I don't know that. Pla like I think Plagueis and Sidious are probably the two best Sith for what they're supposed to be doing in this period, right? Agreed. Yes. Definitely. Vader is, I guess, fine once you're out of the period of, like, secrecy and, like, Anakin I Skywalker was don't even was see Vader as, like, a Sith to me. Yeah. I don't know. Vader, like, never felt like a Sith. He just felt more like a, like a, a like a Darth Maul type, type of character. Because he, maybe in the, in the new comics, which I haven't read all of, there's more of this, but, like, you don't see him, I just see him more as, like, a warrior. Like, he's more like an, like an, like a high-ranking officer of the Imperial military. That's almost more Sidious's fault than Vader's, though. Like, how much Agreed. of the Sith teachings is Palpatine actually imparting onto Vader? Totally. How much of the Sith knowledge does Vader actually have? Totally. And like, if none. Luke never comes along, because, like, Vader was 
probably willing to go against Sidious with Luke, make Luke his apprentice. But mm-hmm. if Luke never comes along, yeah, I guess he tries to do a Star Killer if we're looking at Force Unleashed. But I don't know. It just seems like he's held down by his asthma too much, man. Yeah, he needs that inhaler. <laughs> like so no, do I. I, I, I did. As a I kid think you're right. Just... But part of that's because like Palpatine just wasn't interested in the rule of two anymore because he didn't intend to be surpassed. Mm-hmm. Where like all the other Sith knew, I guess other than Plagueis really and. Most of the other Sith kind of accepted that they would be surpassed for the the greater good. Um, but like Palpatine intended to live forever. He didn't teach Vader. Like he's all about replacing his students to get, you know, somebody more powerful. But um, yeah. Do you think if because uh, Bane does figure out essence transfer mm-hmm. in uh, in the book? Mm-hmm. Do you think if Bane had figured that out a bit sooner, he would have instead planned on himself being the Sith Eternal? No, I don't think so. I don't think he ever thought he was the ultimate that the Sith could offer. Mm. But here's an idea, though. Everyone's always like, let's go in clones or shit. Gamorians. <laughs> Seriously. The Order of the not? Gamorian Lords? Why not? Okay, he says he wants a, a good body. Like, like, like. He's like, I gotta have abs. <laughs> New bodies gotta have abs. <laughs> That's like the why the last two weeks of uh, Sith training for Xana, he was like, get on those crunches. <laughs> no, but he's like, the body's gotta be strong, and it's gotta be something weak willed. Yeah, Gamorian. Maybe it's That's like fair. a Gamorian brain isn't sophisticated enough or something. But like, I don't know. Just like have one of your buddies huff glue for like half an hour. <laughs> Get him while he's fucked up. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> the ancient we Sith ritual of fucking Gamorreans huffing. <laughs> yes, get that pig in the glue bag. <laughs> the final, the final step each Sith apprentice has to take before getting their Darth title is just <laughs> get a bunch of Gamorreans in a circle, get the glue, <laughs> the yeah. ritual huffing. Yeah. Uh, close all the windows close all the windows <laughs> but i mean right yeah like you've got to be able to find some like or just find a really dumb like bodybuilder because like i don't know why i don't know it's like people are always so slow to essence transfer like like uh sidious is like gotta wait till anakin like i guess in his case so in dark empire we see that sidious is like he's he's um if the body is not forceful or willful enough on its own, then the dark side effects will destroy it anyway. So maybe that's also what he was worried about. I don't know. Mm. Or like someone from Basil well Warb, some... yeah. Like uh, the Ramoans. Remember those guys? He like mm. kills like 30 people in uh, Fate of the Jedi. Yeah. He's just like got all his limbs chopped off and just like biting people's heels and shit. Yeah. All right. I still think that that's not quite as good as the uh, Gamorians. What about like Dexter species? Yeah. I mean, but they're not stupid though. Like that's the thing. Gamorians are pigs. Like <laughs> like we know they're weak-willed. So like except for Piggy. Yeah, cuz Piggy's a smart one. But you've also uh you're probably looking for someone with a bit more dexterity. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, they've got their strength stat 
maxed and they got their intelligence and whatever stat mend and like super mend. But mm-hmm. can you see Xana? Uh, like maybe Bane is thinking, yes, I'm going to get in the Gamorrean body. This is what I want. Yeah. But yeah. can you see Palpatine thinking like, oh, I'm going to uh, continue my political prowess as a Gamorrean or Xana no, uh, do like, I don't think that's their strength. Listen, okay, here, here's a thing. You're gonna live forever. You might as well spend one life being like a Chadra fan, just like read Sith Holocron or like study Sith Holocrons for fifty years. Like you're not in a rush, really. No, you just be but... like some Chadra fan merch. But if we're talking about like a standard Sith body, that listen, Gamorians are what ideal performance looks like, and if you can't handle that or peak performance, if you can't, handle I, I think that, you're just projecting now. Like I don't know. Well, we'll Is see this... when season two of The Mandalorian comes. I guess. You think that's going to cover, like... Yes, there's Gamorrean fighting in the trailer. Oh, I thought you meant, like, Mando and <laughs> Baby Yoda are going to sit there talking about whether Bane should have essence transferred into a Gamorrean, that this would <laughs> finally be... We'd finally have this all figured out. I mean, if anyone would know it, probably Baby Yoda. That's true. You mean Clone Yoda. Did we, we didn't talk the... about that on uh-huh. the... We didn't talk about that on the podcast, did we? That was on Beerio Kart. Yeah, that was on Burial Card. So, uh, we have a bet that I think Baby Yoda is a clone of Yoda or Yaddle. We did give me the allowance that it could be Yaddle. Yes. And Justin here thinks mm-hmm. that it's not. It's just a little Yoda that isn't Yoda. Right? Yeah. I think I think we, we kind of finessed it a bit more. On the uh, when we were like six beers deep in each, but something like that, yeah. Yeah, and then if if it doesn't turn out to be a clone, I'm eating a burger, right? And yes, if we it don't does, know. we don't know what you're doing. Yeah, we'll we'll figure it out. But but yeah, so that that's not important. But part of the the whole essence transfer thing culminates with Bane. He spends uh, the entire book trying to figure out essence transfer from Darth a dead dude, uh, invades his temple, murders a bunch of Sith cultists who yeah. are on Prakith, uh, yeah. worshiping in a dead dude. And, mm-hmm. and his final battle with, uh, with Xana, when Xana is using some, uh, mind, mind altering techniques on Bane. She's basically like slapping him down with like dark side sludge. Yeah. <laughs> so Bane's like, I'm out of here. And essence transfers into Xana. So hippity hoppity, your body is now my property. That is actually pretty accurate. Yeah, that's the <laughs> that's the incantation that he got from Darth a dead dude. Can you imagine holocron? <laughs> he just fucking hacks his way into the holocron too. We can talk yeah. about that in a second. Yeah. But he he jumps into Xana's body. They have like a battle of the wills. Xana comes out on top, but. Cognus, I think you get the scene from Cognus's perspective mm-hmm. where Xana's arm is kind of... Well, we don't know. The book doesn't explicitly say that Xana comes out on top, though. Drew Carpesian did. Dr- yeah, Drew's, Drew Carpesian said afterwards. But... Well, uh, Xana's body is now inhabited by what is presumably Xana, but because she is yes. doing this shit with her arm, which is like reflective of what Bane has been doing all book, uh, there's the idea that either mm-hmm. Bane actually won and is just pretending to be Xana, mm-hmm. uh, which led to a theory that like everyone is now Darth Bane just passing his body from one person to the next, yeah. uh, which no, 
Um, whatever you think yeah. happened between Bane and Xana, no. Well, uh, okay. There are, for me, okay, there's a canon explanation. Everyone knows that, yes, canon says that Bane was not successful in Essence Transfer, but I also think it's worth looking at it without all the other things, whatever Drew uh, Carbishan said after the fact, whatever other canon stories, and just look at what the book is implying. And I think the book at least leaves it open because there's there's two things. There's, as you said, throughout this whole book, Bane's suffering with like tremors in one of his hands. And one thing he does is he flexes his hand and kind of puts his nails into his uh, into his palm. And Xana does that after the uh, attempted essence transfer. And another thing is um, there's something about like Xana's described as looking like she was like getting used to her body or something. Um, I forget the exact one. Do you know the quote I'm referring to? At the end? Yeah. There's something like, hold on, let me just see if I can find it real quick. Um, looks... It's just something about how like she was getting used to her body and then she shook her head or something and seemed comfortable. So, definitely the canon for what that's worth, is definitely solid. But I think the book is at least leaves the possibility open. I think it's more implying, like just the text alone to me was more implying that there is some element of Bane that survived mm -hmm. and like imprinted itself on Xana, but that it is Xana. Yeah, I could see that. Because like even let's say uh, it was Bane, mm -hmm. why would he have a reason to hide that from Cognus? Because he'd just say, like, oh, Xana turned out to be weak, and I'm still in charge. I'm epic. I don't know. I think there are, there are, maybe Bane is, maybe Bane doesn't want to know, his, doesn't want his new apprentice to know that essentially he can bypass the rule of two now. Um, and, like, maybe he's gotten to the point, because for me, one of the main issues was that... I guess for me, Bane's the way he kind of portrays power and getting what you want as being the ultimate doesn't line up exactly with his idea of the rule of two. So Bane's all about protecting himself, getting power so he can take what he wants. But then he's building his whole life towards essentially giving the mantle to somebody else so they can continue it and eventually defeat the Jedi in a thousand years. So to me, Maybe he's realized that now he's got this one avenue where he can, one, further the Sith, at least somewhat, but also kind of, um, or at least kind of keep up that facade, but also remain in power, sort of in hiding. I think he would find that attractive. Maybe. I I don't know. I just... Oh, here's, here's the quote, by the way. She moved awkwardly and couldn't seem to stand up straight, as if she was unfamiliar with how her own limbs and muscles worked. Yeah, I feel like that's just some sort of imprint i yeah i think that's totally reasonable it's interesting it was probably one of my favorite parts of the book even though i, I think as transfer generally is kind of lame um yeah. i like that he tried it i don't i don't really love that kind of thing being like set up as like in 
the way it's handled here as that kind of open-ended thing because especially when the author just comes out later and says no that's actually not what happened and when it kind of go it does kind of go against what bane was doing and mm -hmm. i don't know it just it felt kind of like a cheap way to handle it almost mm -hmm. i didn't love it yeah i think that's fair especially where like it's kind of handled like we don't see the actual struggle um again we we know chris that the we know what what the author has said but i'm just talking about taking the book on its own but you're right it would have been maybe more interesting because it's kind of shitty to have this the total death of a character that we've seen kind of change through three books and you know 20 plus years kind of happen essentially off screen and we only find out kind of indirectly that he's dead yeah uh and yeah the, the their fight is really just the biggest indicator that like they do they would operate so much better if they were both alive and didn't feel this compulsion to kill each other like yeah if you if there's too many of you they'll team up against each other and overthrow the leader wham but like you're cutting yourself off from so much knowledge and so much ability to actually specialize in what you're doing. Yeah. And like there's so many times in this series alone where they're just like, oh, the Jedi actually already know this. Let's go get their information. It's mm -hmm. like, yeah, they can do this because they have like 80 people just sitting in the temple reading about shit and you'll never be able to match that. Mm -hmm. Like no matter how much you think you're concentrating the power or passing along from one person to the next, like Bane was never going to be able to communicate to Xana how to do... Uh, the uh sith sorcery stuff xana is never going to be able to communicate to cognis how to be quite the same level of like lightsaber badassery uh and like yeah they can go find other holocrons except they can't because bane destroys everyone he fucking touches mm -hmm. so they're just running out of all this stuff that bane is saying is uh important and they're mm -hmm. only all they can do is look back to the knowledge that was gathered by other people there's very little that bane actually does to introduce new stuff or to combine new knowledge or to pass on like almost nothing that we learn uh, that we see him learn gets passed on to xana mm -hmm. yeah like she we don't even know that she knows how to make a holocron i, I would have kind of liked if we if they had talked a bit more about like what darth bane this uh, last book actually did feel a bit rushed to me i wouldn't mind if they spent some time talking about like what was on bane's holocron mm -hmm. um because like, like he has spent all of this time kind of collecting research and stuff from the Sith Temple back on Korriban. That's probably all burned down now. Um, would have been kind of interesting to hear. Like, what's he passing on? Because he, there's always this general, like, vague idea that he's making this legacy. But, like, other than the fact that he thinks he's making a powerful student, we don't know, like, how is he actually making the Sith be stronger? And I think even more importantly, one of the kind of... One of the main sort of sticking points for me is I still don't find it believable that Bane would want the Sith to be successful more than he would want to be alive himself. Like he doesn't say what, like, why does he want the Sith to rule? Like, what is he, what is he going to do with the galaxy? That's why I like Plagueis because although, you know, Sidious and Plagueis are definitely bad guys and Tenebris as well, you still at least get the idea. Okay. They do think that the galaxy under some sort of like divine rule and powerful Sith will be better than a galaxy under Jedi, and that the only thing we get with Bane is, oh, the strong should take what they got and drop the weak. Mm -hmm. Like Bane's Bane just gives us like his kind of incel rhetoric. And I wish we'd gotten more about like the more plague is kind of aspect of it. Yeah, because you can see elements of 
what Plagueis's goals are as well as how it's self-serving. Whereas mm-hmm. in Bane, you can kind of see the self-serving aspects, but it's also stated as if like his death is going to serve this greater purpose of the dark side, but also not why Bane would want to serve the greater purpose of the dark yeah, side. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and that has to be very central to why, to what he's doing, unless it's just like this is the best way for him to become powerful, because there is like the core part of it is that it's going like he wants to serve the dark side because his chain, like through victory, my chains are broken. Mm. Uh, so their core tenet is something self-serving there, mm-hmm. but I don't know. But like there all there has to be an ultimate goal and an ultimate purpose in philosophy other than just be strong and oppose Jedi. Yeah, because you can do those things without having like you could just be in perpetual war with the Jedi. And, yeah. You know? Like I, I don't think destroy Jedi is enough for and for Bane's personal thing. Like, the Bane's relationship with the Jedi is next to non-existent. Like he sure mm-hmm. he fought in the war with the Sith, but like yeah. there wasn't any real personal stake in it for him other than this is what the Sith wanted, or this is what is it better for the actual dark side that the Jedi go away, and how does that benefit yeah. him? Whereas like we know he, he has this reason to hate the, the Sith, Sith and the Jedi, yeah. <laughs> Like, we know how he feels about the Brotherhood of the Dark Side. We know how he feels about maybe the Republic in general, or, like, they're mm-hmm. ignoring of, uh, uh, like, Outer Rim Worlds, maybe, if you want to factor it in that way, and that's why his early life was shit. But it's, like, very mm-hmm. focused on the Jedi and destroying the Jedi, but we never get him, like, laying out why this is important mm-hmm. to him. Yeah, and that's why, like, um, his former... I kind of like his former Gloomwalker... Um, because it does explain like why what's her name again? Um, the one who's Lucia. in the Green Walkers with her, yeah, Lucia. She has like with her, it kind of gives a nice overview of like what's going on, why she feels what what way she does. Um, and I like that scene too where she goes to Coruscant and she's talking to the Athorian and he's like just completely oblivious. He's insulting like the Sith troopers, and like she was one of them. Like I enjoyed mm-hmm. that, but like we could use more of that with Bane, I think. Yeah. There actually are a few places in the book where almost entirely from Lucia, and I think maybe once from Senna, uh, talking about like what the problem with the Jedi Order is and kind of foreshadowing their own fall. But none of that gets connected to what Bane's problem with them would be or uh, why Bane would latch on to this thing that is, or like build up this thousand-year plan that is entirely anti-Jedi when -hmm. we don't know what his personal motivation for that is. Mm -hmm. Uh, When him being a Sith Lord is supposed to fact like personal motivation has to factor into it somewhere there or else it just doesn't work with what the philosophy there is. But mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, the final thing I wanted to say is on, on the kind of point of Sith is that at first we get um, like at first it's all about, you know, besting your master in fair battle. Um, but then Xana at the end, she wants to kill Bane at that station when he's been drugged up and she knows that he's vulnerable and he doesn't have his lightsaber. And I mm-hmm. just thought that was kind of weird. Like I thought she would try to, because at that point it's just about killing him. So he doesn't kill you. And it's supposed to be about generally not yeah. self-preservation, but survival of the fittest. I thought that was, so I thought that was a bit odd. Yeah. But there's also an acknowledgement within it that like survival of the fittest means different things. Like, yes, they have their different strengths. And then like Xana, Bane doesn't want to fight Xana on like a purely Sith sorcery mm-hmm. side, and Xana doesn't want to fight Bane on a purely uh, like brute force side. 
Yeah. And then maybe it is to Xana's credit and strength that she would find these situations where Bane mm-hmm. is weakened and go after him in that way. But there's also the implication several times that if actually she handles it just slightly the wrong way without challenging him at his best, then she's yeah. actually failing. But does that mean if she's challenging him at his best that she would then to kind of fulfill both the spirit and the letter of the law, does mm-hmm. she need to like walk up to him in his office and say, I challenge you to a duel and then slap him and then uh, right. do they have to do it the brute force way so that she shows she's surpassed him in his best area or else then mm-hmm. she still would have something to learn from him. But he also has something to learn from her. And mm-hmm. clearly Bane hasn't told her all this stuff that he found about Darth the Dead Dude's uh, holocron. Yeah and holocron making or holocron brute forcing which is what he did to get the information from Indedu. didn't tell her about essence transfer uh like the whole yeah. idea that you're surpassing your master they have nothing more to give you it just doesn't fit like it, it's it doesn't make sense as a philosophy especially when you're limiting yourself to two people mm-hmm. yeah like um Pelagus just yeeted a roof down on tenebris um yeah which and he, cause he was like, yeah, I've, I've got nothing more to teach you. And it wasn't really about who was the better Sith. It was just like, yeah, like there's nothing more I can teach you. I want to be powerful now. I, I kind of like how uh, like I want to be the master. And I was like, because I kind of liked that mm-hmm. in that book. Well, Tenebris, it, well, Tenebris kind of got the idea that like him and Plagueis would be buddies from then on. But then yeah. Plagueis got even more of that idea with Sidious. Like, yeah. Oh, well, we're going to joint Sith forever. And none of those transfers of power end up mm-hmm. uh, being anywhere near what Bane was envisioning or what he said the order up to be. No. And the Sith kind of get really how... far from that kind of like brute force power under Tenebris, Plagueis, Sidious. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know how Bane would react to kind of seeing those Sith in action and especially how they got power from each other. Yeah, it's kind of crazy how uh, Palpatine killed Plagueis after a burial cart. pretty much yeah i mean it it is just kind of like to be fair like palpatine you know when palpatine or plagueis when they killed their masters they're not showing that they're better warriors perhaps they're showing that they're better at the uh the part of the sith that's operating from the shadows kind of like you said so i think that i think that's fair and xana could have done the exact same thing kill him when he's fucking drugged one of the 16 times that it happens and captured it's like even if you need to justify it within that, just say, like, you've proven you were weak because you got captured, which she even kind of hints at, and that's why she kind of feels okay going after him without his lightsaber. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you could have just said that earlier. You could have done that. Like, and there is the thing about, like, oh, I don't have an apprentice yet, and I'm just going to make Sethearth. I'm really glad Sethearth didn't become a Sith apprentice. That I would take as, like, the the biggest evidence that Xana was not ready to be in charge <laughs> was that her choice of apprentice was absolutely shit. Yeah, and I don't know, Xana, she just doesn't have, like, the same kind of, like, drive that you see with, like, Palpatine or Bane to me, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, like, that was one thing, was, like, she doesn't have the drive of them, but she also doesn't have, like, the pure sadism of, um, Cognus, so it's kind of, uh... Yeah. Yeah. Xana's yeah, a lot it, more specific purpose focused, rather than kind of, like, the grand plan. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Cognus would be the same way. Yeah. Based off yeah. what little we know about her. Agreed. And then the next one after Cognus is Millennial, who Cognus starts training up before he leaves and becomes a prophet of the dark side. But it seems like the little information we learn about him kind of shows he would have been 
kind of better along the line of like the undercover Sith and more mm-hmm. in line with Plagueis Sidious, but oh well. Yeah. How did when did plenty when was Millennial supposed to have died? Because doesn't he live for a really long time? He he does, but he leaves the Sith before Cognus okay. dies. I'm pretty sure. I think did he have an apprentice? No, he was only ever the apprentice. Then he left to become the prophet of the dark side. So then who popped up? Uh, I don't know if we ever learn Cognus's other apprentice after that. Because uh, mm-hmm. I think the next ones we learn about are either Ramage or the Gravid line. So okay. Gravid, Kane, mm-hmm. Jean. I think Jean is her name. And there was someone else in there. but And then after them, it's just down to Tempest's master, I think. Mm-hmm. Or uh, really... no, Vectivus is in there somewhere, but I don't really count Vectivus. To me, Vectivus is kind of like a like a like a backup. Like he was like not fully apprenticed yet. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, what was I gonna say? <laughs> One thing I, I'd like to imagine, because like the um, the final battle between Bane and Xana, they're described as like peak fighting condition. Bane's like an animal moving faster than the. Then the eye can follow. And I just imagine like a Kodor combat scene with like missing like blaster shots five feet away and like <laughs> spinning your sword around like woof, and like sitting there to recover. And I just I was imagining a battle like that because so much of this book is kind of like RPG based like we've mm-hmm. been talking about. Well, what's the um, casting time on Xana's uh, Sith Visions? <laughs> and Bane uses like the death field ability. Um, yeah. Kodor kind of. So yeah, I was just imagine like how unepic my battle against Malak is at the end of Kodor every time versus like this. Yeah, it's like me standing there running around taking med packs. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy that it skipped that one scene where um, Bane downs thirty stim packs before the battle. Yeah, I thought that was kind of cheating. Like, yeah. if you're gonna get on Xana for waiting until he's weaker, don't mm. use the hyperlacrity stim like <laughs> the mandalorian melee shield Take and the arcanian doing... yeah. like come on <laughs> just get your shit together yeah uh but do you want to move on to our rankings i think we kind of unless there's anything else plot wise you wanted to well, cover there we didn't really talk about the plot because there's the whole plot with sarah and the others all i'll say about that is i did kind of enjoy the sort of like evil begets evil Oh shit! Um, you, it, it is Sarah. I've been saying Senna the whole time. There's a reason for this. Is it the font on your reader? No, it's there's there's a League of Legends champion named Lucian. His wife's name is Senna, so Lucia and Sarah just turned into Lucian and Senna to me. Jesus but Christ. that's my bad. Um, what was I saying? Yeah, so I like I, they're plot was kind of boring like it wasn't awful but like between that and the the seth stuff um the middle of the book got a little bit busy but i did like the the evil begets evil stuff at the the end like where you know had and not just like on a small scale how it fucks up uh, sarah's life but also how her like desire for revenge is basically um what uh sorry just one second it's basically what you know gives darth bane his apprentice 
Yeah. Yeah, like there other than kind of making that point, there's uh there isn't really much of a purpose that they serve for the story. Uh, all right guys we are back sorry we just had to deal with something uh we're just going to pick off right where we left off and go straight into book rankings now uh cory do you have a general review you have of dynasty of evil before i guess we place it among the other storied books uh yeah i i mean i liked it probably more than the other two books i think it kind of mm -hmm. leans more into the things it does better mm -hmm. uh it my overall opinion, I guess, of the trilogy is that they're uh, they're all good, fun, but not on the kind mm -hmm. of deeper end that we kind of liked mm -hmm. about, for example, uh, Darth Plagueis. Mm -hmm. So if we were just ranking all among the Darth books, it probably, for me, currently goes Plagueis and then uh, the Bane books. But, uh, <laughs> the Darth books. Yeah. And then, then we Darth got Darth Lord Maul becoming... coming. Oh, yeah, we got Dark Lord. But is that mm -hmm. a Darth book? It doesn't. Because there's yeah. the rise of Darth Vader, but it, yeah. it's not. Uh, so I think I put between Path of Destruction and uh, Rule of Two, I think I put them in the kind of C and D range. I think I'd mm -hmm. put uh, Dynasty of Evil in around the, in a B. Okay. Around the Han Did Solo Adventures level for me. Did you have any thoughts about, um, like, we didn't talk a whole lot about Sarah, like, we were kind of mentioned it before we had to leave for mm. a second. Any thoughts about that sort of plot line? I think I talked about my my feelings, but. Yeah, I, I think it was mostly, like, it was, it was good to kind of show the dark side mm. can penetrate other stuff. And we got mm. a lot of, like, the galaxy's view of the Jedi, uh, yeah. the view of the Sith soldiers. So I, I enjoyed those. But I'm glad... I'm glad we didn't get too much more of it. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad yeah. it wasn't a thing throughout the whole... Like, it, it was a good replacement for the Jedi plot line that we kind of lost with the death of... Uh, <laughs> yeah, Valentine. Yeah. I did like the the beginning when they were on that mining planet and the Jedi were like, yeah, legally we can't help you. And it just kind of shows you like already how far mm -hmm. the Jedi have started to fall because like there's clearly a shitty situation on this planet where these people are being taken advantage of horribly and they're just not going to do anything. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Okay. So you said, did you come down on B? Was it? Yeah, I, I'm. I'm giving it a B tier. Okay. For me, I think this one's kind of middle. I quite liked the first one. It felt like it was well paced and well organized. I like how it was split up into sections. This book just had big chunks where I just felt like it was kind of meandering a bit. That's fair. And we, we you know, if you kind of compare it to like something like the Thrawn trilogy, which is obviously very high bar. The payoffs in that book, in like book three, for example, are set up in book one, but not in a way that feels clumsy. In this, I thought it was a bit too much of like, including a character that existed earlier. I don't know if, if that's enough of a setup for me. I would have liked more kind of to end the yeah. trilogy. Um, I like the time jump. I think that was a good idea. I liked the beginning of the book when they were kind of hiding in plain sight, sort of like Plagueis. But... Uh, I think I think this one's middle for me. I'm I'm probably gonna keep it in the B tier though. So, the very bottom of the B tier, below book one. So you um, kind of uh, lowered your opinion as we went. I kind of raised my opinion as we went, and then we yeah, ended up exactly. in the exact same place. <laughs> exactly. So you're talking about uh, how all those things brought you down to the tier that I'm talking about. How I brought it up. To. 
Yeah, I think I liked book one mostly a lot more than you because that was a C for you, right? That was a C, maybe even a D. I forget yeah. where I put it eventually. Yeah, I quite liked book one, especially the part where he was in the academy. But book two in this one, unfortunately, didn't really do it for me. And I, was, I don't know, I was kind of disappointed because I remember going into these books. I was like, I remember last time I read through them or whatever. I thought they were overrated among Star Wars fans. And I don't know, I guess I still kind of feel that way. Yeah. Um, so are we going to stay, uh, keep emails for, do we get any emails? I got, we did problems. get, uh, we got a couple. Uh, so we had one email that was about ascendancy. Mm -hmm. So that is from Jacob who just finished reading star Wars, Canon Thrawn ascendancy trilogy, chaos rising. Mm -hmm. Uh, one, how does this compare to the other Thrawn books, the canon Thrawn books, which I think we'll yeah. kind of get to that when we cover the the yeah. Thrawn, the second Thrawn trilogy. Yeah. What's the last part of the Chiss name for? For example, with Mithron Odo, Myth is a family name that can be changed if adopted. Ra is Thrawn's given name, and Odo was added to the end of Thrawn's name following his trials. Uh, we don't really get as much information on that mm. part in... Uh, in new canon, but I think in Legends it was another part of like family name stuff because it was all the Naruto me. family. I'm way yeah, too was... stupid to pay attention to that stuff. That's too much pattern recognition and whatever else. I think it. I think we got a bit more of an explanation in Legends. I don't, and I don't think it was very consistent with mm -hmm. that. Uh, but in canon, I don't know that it really got much more beyond what you picked up on there. Mm -hmm. uh, how long do you think it will be before we get to see what Chiss ships look like? I think we only have visuals on two ships. Just ships between all of canon and legends. That's the steadfast from one planet and the chaff envoy from Survivor's Quest. So, fun fact the chaff envoy image on Wikipedia is not of the chaff envoy. It is of the fighter that Luke and Mara take. So, we hmm. don't even have that. Uh, is that mislabeled on Wiki? Can I get a free it edit? Is, under it my was mislabeled. Oh, I think it has been removed since. And that might have been by one of us after we spent uh, a long nope, time determining it. Okay, that is not. Because that is after. Uh, For sure, a hundred percent. I can edit it right we now. We are within the team. We are one hundred percent sure that that is not that is not meant to be a chiss ship. We are Heck. pretty damn confident that is meant to be the fighter that Luke and Mara take. Okay. Because I need to have a certain amount of wiki edits to join the the Discord, and mm. uh, I don't have. I'm like eight short. So it's uh, a good one right there. And it'll just get reverted because someone's going to come back in and then you can re-revert that and then you can do it again. Oh, true. What's that from? That looks like, is that a Reader's Companion? No, that's the back cover of Survivor's Quest, I think. Hold on. Oh, okay. I will, I'll roll over to my desk, to my bookshelf. It kind of looks like the sort of art from, also Survivor's Quest has like one of the best front covers ever with the really cheesy, um, Chiss make like it's just I'm somebody back. So I'll, I'll see if I can hold it. it. Oh no, it's not the back cover of it. It might actually be Reader's Companion. It did and say on the thing. And what's the basis? Because I got to write a little, I got to write some reason. Guys, we are making history here live on the podcast. We, we should probably cover this off the, off the podcast at this point because okay. I'd have to go back through some Discord logs. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's a fighter. It it lines up with them leaving the uh, the ship to chase the Vagari. I think it's been a while mm -hmm. since I read it. 
but it doesn't match the description of the chaff envoy. It's like you can see how it's laid out where it, like it looks more like a fighter. You have the giant engines. There's no hangar, uh, and it's taking off from the dreadnought. Uh, it. We came to the conclusion that there's no way it was intended to be the chaff envoy, but well, I can't walk. Edit that. saved. <laughs> that was good enough. Uh, then we have a question from Patrick who wants to know about planet names. I was listening to one of the old episodes where you were saying Dantooine was a lazy name. I think that mm. instead of names like Tatooine, Dantooine, Clatooine with Uin at the end might be some kind of linguistic naming. Maybe Tooine mm. means planet in one of the languages of the galaxy. Uh, look at all the countries ending with Stan. Uh, mm. I did a video on that actually. It makes sense. So you can rationalize like that, it like that and I'd be okay with that. But I think the initial naming of them was lazy because people were just taking that and putting it on. I don't think there was... An the thing is, Dantooine is named before Tatooine. That's fair. So maybe it's Tatooine that's lazy. Although maybe I'm, I'm, Tatooine's probably mentioned in the novelization. So... Hmm. But yeah, there's like... I, I did a count of how many planets there are named with the Uin, um suffix and i think there's like I think there's like 30 yeah and they're the thing is they're not in any like organized way that kind of makes sense for how it would have been no. a linguistic thing that ended up with it being that way like maybe if you want to say it, it was some sort of colonies thing for mm. uh apluene bastuene but... carduene dantuene deltuene handuene heptuene clatuene kinduene curatine manuene minotine or mintuene reltuene sestatuene this this was the worst iteration of the poke rap. So let's not Velmuine, Ventuine. Um but I mean like we do see the Ord was like isn't that like yeah, Republic Ord is like Ordnance uh, Depot. Depo. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I came up with some answer that I thought was pretty convincing. Um but yeah. It it's definitely it is it's a little easy. You watch that video. Why do so many Star Wars planes end with Uin? Watch that. Self promotion. Uh the general Uwin. emailed us, wants to know how long before the Phantom Menace does Darth Bane take place? About a thousand years. Yep. Uh, just under a thousand years because it's a thousand years before the Battle of Yavin. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are Bane's holocrons about? We kind of discussed that earlier that we don't yep. know and we would like to know. <laughs> Is the just the rule of two or are there more it's than all, one? It's all his furry porn. Hmm. Is Charlie ever going to be on Tapgaff? He was a guest on... Is that actually on, the question uh, after the furry porn stuff? That's funny. Uh, yeah, is Charlie ever going to be on Tapgaff? I think it'll be funny to hear him on. Maybe when he, if he finishes Heir to the Empire, we could have him on as a guest for part of an episode. Or if we can get a, squeeze a whole episode out of that. So he was supposed Probably to be done really can't now. read. Yeah. I mean, so. talking Heir to the Empire with a, with a new Star Wars EU reader would be an interesting concept. I'd, yeah. And I'd love to read it again, so. Uh, then Joel has some Darth Bane Dynasty of Evil questions. Hey, Tapcalf, so I have a bit of a two-part question here. Is that First, Mr. Joel D? This is Mr. Joel D. Nice. Hi, Joel. First, was it really necessary for Bane to formulate the grand plan? Would it have been better perhaps to just have Bane create the rule of two and his follow- fellow Sith decide the ultimate path of the Order moving forward? Perhaps when Plagueis takes over, he decides to put the path in the ruling of the galaxy insidious to the ultimate form of that goal unless you completely change the character of bane it seems like someone is all about survival and less about ruling anything uh unlike say Sidious or Plagueis. so what are your thoughts he there? just didn't trust he just didn't trust them like bane didn't trust anybody else to do it yeah so like kind of leaving it as bane just doing this for survival kind of goes against like the gathering of power at least mm-hmm. if you're going to have the rule of two uh you 
kind of do need to introduce it as a means to an end. Because mm -hmm. uh, Bane would especially would never be satisfied with just knowing that, like, oh, we're going to be quiet. But I think that would have been the smarter thing to do and not go past that. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that would ever have been something they were okay with. Yeah. No, I agree. Uh, the second part of my question is this. Do you think it would be interesting if we had a Darksider or Sith who didn't ever rule over an empire and wanted to take over the galaxy? They can still be evil and do evil things, but being the emperor of everyone and everything isn't their primary goal. Instead, they use the dark side for other selfish reasons, such as just being rich and living in a big mansion or even doing something like Sabaoth did in the Thrawn trilogy and rule one city. Uh, we kind of see a lot of Dark Jedi doing that, and there were some Sith like Darth Vectivus, which were portrayed as just doing that. I mean, that. arguably, even um, Undeadu did that too. Yeah, Darth he, Undead dude. He didn't seem to have greater aspirations. He was kind of just ruling Krakath. Um, is yeah. Parker, right uh and he did get cut off from the rest of the galaxy but there's no indication that before that that he had intended to invade um and yeah, yeah is it similar to sabayoth just on a kind of bigger scale yeah we there are a few sit that kind of go along with that so yeah uh heavier this is always up for debate what's real and what's not yeah what's lumaya just lying to jason yeah uh i i'm not even sure if that really was his force ghost they were talking to or even his asteroid. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Corey. Hey, Justin. I know both hey. you guys have shown interest in Timothy Zahn setting up the framework for a post-sequel trilogy universe. I'm curious to see, barring the obvious, Thrawn Trilogy 2.0, how far along in the future you would like to see it set, and what we'd like to see introduced, some villains you'd like to see, and what state mm. of the galaxy would like to see. For a new Thrawn trilogy? For a new Zahn trilogy? Uh, a Zahn Thrawn trilogy. A Zathrawn trilogy, or whatever else, after the sequels. I don't I don't know if you can do it. Like we talked to this last time, like last time you can't, I mean, I mean, you can always make up excuses, a clone or whatever else, but I would, well, Thrawn I, could I'd, still be alive. He's only going to be 90. Yeah. I'd love to see the new characters face off against Thrawn. I think that'd be really cool. Yeah. Like, like I, I'd like I'm to see the, for... how the next government kind of sets itself up. Yes. Yeah. Like same, same time. It's like what Thrawn comes. It's four years, four and a half years after new Republic. Same. That'd be cool. Yeah. I'd love to see the new characters come together like the old ones did and see how they... And then that's kind of, to me, the saving grace of the fact that there's been not been a lot of Legends characters reintroduced yet. Because, like, you can throw in, like, Talon card at any point, and it makes sense. So have Talon card be a smuggler in the post-sequel era. Yeah. I doubt it'll happen, but... Yeah. Uh, yeah. I agree. Mm-hmm. Just a thought on... So this is our last question from Neil. Hey, fellas. Just a thought on the trilogy as a whole. I never read it before, and as you guys talked about, it's really dark, and I don't have much desire to read it again because it is so dark. Yeah. That said, I liked it. I found the story to be uniquely Star Wars, something we not heard before in our clones or superwomen was nice. I agree with that. Mm, and I just definitely. thought it fit nicely with Star Wars lore. Two things that stood... clones. Well. Sorry. Afterwards, I think... I'm pretty sure Set, doesn't he go clony? Does he? Maybe. Maybe not. I don't know. He uh, wants to go anyway. Maybe not, I don't know. Two things that stick that. out to me negatively were the thought bomb, not the bomb itself. I thought the name was super lame. Uh, mm -hmm. And CSI and uh, CSI Jedi when they showed up at the healer's house, not even questioning, looking around or anything. <laughs> they just even left their ship. Yeah. Yeah. The Jedi, I mean, was the Jedi dropped the ball on that one. Yeah, they did. That was like the turning point in galactic history right there. Placed yeah. on some shitty hut. I, I meant to mention this earlier too. I'm not sure if I'm a fan of all the Sith talisman stuff. Um, I do kind of like how it ends up being, yeah, maybe they affect ordinary people, but to like Darth Bane, it's like, 
Like, he doesn't even bother going, like, Guy Fieri with all the rings on his fingers or anything. Mm-hmm. Like, like if I were a Sith, even if it's just a small power, I'd be, like, I'd be having six rings on every finger. I'd be putting on, like, Well, you only have so many ones. inventory slots. You can only attune to so many items at once. Mm, true. Uh, I kind of did like the... Uh, or I, they, they did kind of explain why the Jedi were so shitty about covering their tracks and investigating. It's because the Jedi wanted to believe the Sith were gone. Yeah. That's kind of just what it comes down to. Is, yeah, you see what you want to believe, for sure. Yeah. And I thought that was Jedi like huge mistake. They were wrong to believe it, but they uh, there is at least a reason given for how sloppy they are. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love uh, to have the Jedi take um, take what's his name and just bury him at the temple. They're like, we want to lay him in a place of respect. Like, that's probably not what he would have wanted. Yeah. Like the Jedi are so shitty sometimes, man. They're kind of shitty all the time. But yeah, true. They're better than the Sith. They're yes. <laughs> they're Joe Biden. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can I can get with that. That's a very yeah. Oh, what's that? You hear that? Future one star iTunes reviews. Oh, we should should we read that now? We did promise. SJW. Oh yeah, good good call. This is the moment everyone has been waiting for. Let's see who can pull it up first. I'm not trying. I read all the emails. This one's on you. Okay. Fair enough. I thought you already had it open, to be fair. Uh, I did, but I closed it accidentally. Uh, hold on. Tap. Tap. God, we are so... Do you ever wonder if maybe we're a little bit too professional? No. Okay. It's not gonna Believe it or not, that, that thought has never crossed my mind. Um... I can edit, I'll edit this out. Oh my god! I'll I'll actually edit this out. I can compl- I completely forgot to open it. Uh... All right, I found it. I edit it. Yeah. All right. So here is the the review from Yimmy um, on 08 13 2019. I just listened to no read our... the read the read the title. Oh yeah 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 sorry. And we're just gonna end it immediately after this. This is going to be the, how we end the episode. This is the outro. Fence sitting Star Wars Legends. Oh, sorry. Fence sitters trash Star Wars Legends. I just listened to their True Sip Occur review. First episode. Should be a good idea of a podcast. And by God, I've not seen such disrespect for old Legends canon. Disrespect. Disrespect <laughs> for old Legends canon since The Last Jedi. Eckhart's Ladder, I recognize, who does fact videos for both Legends and Disney canon. And I have to say, the guy should stick with facts, because his opinion is insulting. I should have turned the episode off right when he called Luke an incel. Should have been the red flag right there. But I stupidly continued listening. I couldn't make a joke about their Disney canon check is coming in the mail, because I honestly know both these guys are fence sitters that try to appeal to a fans of both Disney and the old Legends. But I can tell you, They've got no respect for legends or the characters and seem to forget in all of their hashtag 2019 mock- mockery of a book that was written over 20 years ago that it was written by a woman. Seriously? Don't listen to this podcast if you value your memories not being trod on by hipsters. So we're, we're simultaneously trying to appeal to everyone and trashing everything. Maybe, 
do we just have opinions that vary based on the specific thing we're reading rather than classifying it entirely based on what continuity it belongs to? No, that would be stupid. No, I actually hate all Star Wars. That's why I do a podcast no, about true. it and have two YouTube channels and the, about the, it. All the books, these are... I don't like any of it. Thrawn's <laughs> Revenge for 14 years. Don't don't like it. Leave some fun five-star reviews, and maybe we'll read one at the, at the end or beginning of next episode. But that's all I've got to say. Corey, do you want to end off? Uh, if you want to leave us a five-star review, but just make it as like vitriolic as possible. <laughs> that's fine, too. I don't know. Actually, that might be bad. for That might Google be bad, actually. Yeah, Google might not like that, or <laughs> iTunes or whatever. <laughs> uh, so please don't do that. If you really hate us, if you really hate us, though, feel free to let us know. We'll read it on the show. Yeah. Send us hate mail, not hate reviews, though. Yeah. Bye, everybody. (laughs) Bye.